Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the College to Pro.com NFL Draft Lab. Another edition of the C2P. We're on our second show of our second series of Authors on Athletes. Our first show was with head coach Mike Leitz of Mississippi State, and we're going to be joined with another man who has spent over a half century dealing with the NCAA, the Final Four, college football BCS, the college football playoffs, but it's none other than Bill Hancock, and he's the treasured, treasured commodity in terms of people who behind the scenes and this vast sport we call collegiate athletics. But Bill also wrote a book, and this book is very, 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 very good. It's called Riding with the Blue Moth. And when I first met Bill, I knew his background in college athletics, which was astonishing. But then I realized he wrote a book, and I'm an avid runner. And to know that he was an avid runner, and then he wrote this book about him riding his bicycle from Huntington Beach to Tybee Island in Georgia – I was even more amazed. But then I actually purchased the book years ago, and then I came to realize there was so much more. This not only was a bike ride, but this is a spiritual journey, and and I thought it was deliberately, uh, I guess, delivered eloquently and inspiring. But, Bill, with that said, thank you for joining us today. How's today treating you? Doing great today, Bo. I hope you are too. I'm I'm doing great, you know. And Bill, yeah, granted, I mean we're acquaintances. I'm not, you know, we're not best friends by any stretch of the imagination. But you're always very free and accommodating with your time when we're talking college football season. And uh, again, we're starting the show on authors on athletes. And I did not know the tragedy that happened when I when I thought of the idea when I got this book, Riding with the Blue Moth. I just thought it was simply a blue moth. I didn't know the meaning of the blue moth, where the blue moth came from, and and how this kind of you know. It transpired in your world, but I mean, take us through. I mean, we know, I guess anyone out there listening may not know, but I mean, talk about, I know this was on your heart to do, make this bike ride, but talk about when it really came to fruition for you. Yeah, sure. Happy to do that, Bo. I was a marathon runner, ran 15 marathons. I'm not an athlete, but took up running because I love being outdoors and I love feeling good. And uh, that led me to have a dream of uh, seeing if I could ride my bicycle across the country and was planning on doing that trip. And as you know, it turned out to be, as you mentioned, Huntington Beach to Tybee Island. But I was planning on doing that trip when uh, our lives just got uh, totally changed Um, when we had to deal with the tragic loss of our son, Will, in a plane crash. And we've all been through grief, or we will. And for me, uh, the paralysis of the grief uh, started to go away when I thought, you know what, I can do that bike ride. I had put it on hold, but I thought, Bill, get back to living. Will, our son, Will, would want us to get back to normal. And so live your dreams. 
and I, I know he would have wanted us to do that. So I did <laughs> and made it. <laughs> <laughs> and you did make it. And, and there were so many things within the book that I related to. Um, one thing, and I even showed it to my wife because I, I just thought it was so funny. It, I, I forget what point you're talking about your wife, Nikki, and, and, you know, your love and her beauty. And, you know, it was the biggest upset in Oklahoma history when, you know, she said, hey, you know what, Bill's going to be my guy. But when you said you were a scrawny <laughs> uh, trumpet player, Bill, this is in my household till this day. My wife says when I met you, she called me an unscrawny, unwanted person. So um, just the word <laughs> scrawny and our, our, and our semblance in there, I just I thought that was crazy. And again, you know, I, I, I you know, I've, I've done ultra thons and, you know, reading the book um, in, in filling in, in, I mean, I, you know, I, I guess let's get into the blue moth. I think anyone out there listening, I just in terms of something about a blue moth, but really the blue moth is so much more. Um, and I, and I, I believe, you know, you've talked about your grandmother and the, and you know, the North, the, the, the you know, the cold Northerns that would come through, you know, North Carolina, but you said she has that Southern draw and that's, and that's how that word came about. Yeah. There's a weather phenomenon uh, in the Midwest where my grandmother spent some of her life. And uh, it's called a blue norther. And a blue norther is when <laughs> cold uh, air, uh, dry air front comes through after a storm. And um, But when I was little, my grandmother would say, we're going to have a blue nova tomorrow. And I thought she was <laughs> saying blue moth. And I needed a term to describe the grief, the way the grief comes in waves. And I remembered um, that that roller coaster of of my grandmother talking about the blue the blue northers would come every couple of weeks, and I thought this is it. Um, this became my term to describe uh, when I became very sad, and I, I my my term was the blue moth is here today, which means eh, you might want to stay clear of me because it's a really sad day for me, and the blue moth. Uh, then rode with me across the country in the bike ride, which bike ride took place about seven months after we lost Will, of course. So that's where the blue moth came from. And the blue moth is still with me. It, it comes, you know, not as often as it did at first, but it still comes. And uh, I can shoo it away by different tricks, um, either going for a bike ride or for, or for a long walk or something now. But the blue moth is still, is still part of my life. Well, you've handed it magnificently, and and I, you know, and one of the reasons I, I mean, God forbid, you know, these tragedies happen in anyone's, and I, I thought you were resilient in, in making this book. And I, granted, I don't, I never want to uh, feel that pain, but you know, to, to read your book and try to understand how heartbreaking this was, and, and you know, it seemed like you guys were the perfect family. I mean, you know, just you know, reading about you know, you, the upbringing of you and your family, your children. I mean. You know, and then all of this, but again, you rebound and you make this bike ride. And again, it's the riding with the blue moth by Phil Hancock. It's forwarded by Jim Nance. And again, it's a fantastic read. It's inspirational. Um, if you love the outdoors, you're going to take so many things. And if you're an athlete, you know, you're going to appreciate it. You're going to feel so many similarities to what he went through during his bike ride. I mean, for you, I mean, I, I love some of the, you know, the anecdotes in the book. I mean, at one point, I think, you know, you, you said you saw more dogs than mailboxes. Um, and I also thought, you know, when you mentioned the blue moth in your book, sometimes I would, you know, be reading it and think to myself, 
you had so many, I guess, angels along the way. I know you talked about, you know, uh, the peach angel and Steve, but, you know, like uh, people giving you water or, you know, how many times that you were looking for a highway entrance and you saw some police officers and maybe thought you were getting a ticket, but they kindly just said, hey, this is the right way to go or this is where you should go. I mean, talk about, I guess, some of the rewarding things that you walked away with from making this bike ride. Well, all the way from the desert in California across the Rockies uh, through Oklahoma and, and into the southern states where the weather was so dreadfully humid and hot, we were assisted by people, uh, but who I decided they were angels. And none of them <laughs> knew our tragedy. <laughs> they just knew that here was a lonely guy or, or an unfortunate guy, they probably thought, out on a bicycle sweating <laughs> like crazy. Who might need directions, or might need a might need a diet coke, or or whatever. And we saw the very best of human nature. I think sometimes we tend to give up on each other, but man, we just saw the best. And I, I only had one grumpy guy just after we entered the state of Alabama. A grumpy guy in a car rode by and yelled a profanity out the window. But I was never threatened by uh, anyone in a car or anywhere. Well, I guess there was a guy in Mississippi who <laughs> he asked me if I was carrying a gun on the bike, and uh, I said no. I don't. I don't need any more extra weight on this bicycle. <laughs> but he offered to give me a tour of the, of the Mississippi Delta, and I think it was all well intentioned. But I declined the opportunity to jump in his pickup with him. Uh, but, yeah, there's some great folks all the way across the country who were just so nice to us. And for no reason other than they saw another human being and they wanted to relate to him. So we were just very lucky. Yeah, well, I think that's just the goodwill. And I think, you know, I, I think everyone carries a charisma. And I think people probably sense it. I mean, and again, you know, I, I laugh sometimes throughout the book when, you know, like, you know, you're riding your bike and people, you know, they accommodate you. Maybe they get over as far as they could. Then you know, you have other people who kind of want to, you know, get as close and, you know, scream vulgar words at you. And you just, you know, as well as I do, there is just something that sends such anger through people seeing a bicyclist or a jogger on the side of the streets doing what they're doing. It's just, it's an enraged reaction. I don't know where it comes from or why they sense that, but nonetheless, it happens. Um, For you, when, again, I want to, you know, every time I, you know, read in the book and, you know, you would mention the blue moth and, you know, um, I think it was the Mongolian rim, and you said no blue moth. There, you know, I think that was a part where you said, you know, Will was with you. You were riding with him. I mean, I mean, how many times were those moments? Maybe that you weren't. I mean, he's probably with you every day, every second of your mind. But on that trip, I mean, how many times did you just talk with Will and just have that therapeutic, I guess, bike ride and the scenic and and just spending time mentally with your son. Yeah, there were several times, and just the, the pastoral nature of being on a bike uh, through fields or forests or a volcano area in New Mexico, there's just nothing like it. And, 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 and being outdoors all day long uh, is something that almost no one gets to experience, uh, but I did on the bike. And I, I want to tell you about the rim, riding up to the rim in Arizona, because it was really fascinating to me. Uh, a long uphill, and cars were stacked up behind me, and they gradually began to go by, you know, one and two at a time because there wasn't much shoulder for me to get off on. And I got talking to Will, and we had the best conversation and really made me happy. And when I got to the top of the rim, 
um, there was a guy standing in the traffic lane, uh, cut off gray sweatpants uh, with his hands on his hips. And he said, come here, stop. And I couldn't get away from him. I, I mean, I could have ridden away, but he could have caught me with his, with his vehicle. And he said, come here. And he pointed to a rusty old pickup uh, sitting in, in the, off the side of the road in the pine trees. And I walked over there and I'm thinking, this is, this is it, you know, and he reached behind <laughs> the seat of the pickup and got fumbling around. And I thought, well, he has a gun. And I, I thought of only one word at the time, deliverance. <laughs> and, and, uh, he reached, reached out behind that seat and he pulled out a cold can of Budweiser. And he said, here, you look like you could use this. So I was thinking the worst about the guy, that he had a gun and, and it was going to be terrible. And instead he wanted to drink a beer with me. <laughs> and he said, you know, my buddy and I ride up, uh, drive up here every day, every couple of days to go fishing. He said, we saw you riding a bike on the terrible hill. And I, my buddy said, hey, look, he's smiling. Well, that was when I was talking to Will. And the guy said, let's stop, and let's see if we can get him to have, share a beer with us. And I didn't really want the beer, but I, I pretended. <laughs> but um, yeah. we just talked about life, and, and he said, why are you so happy? And, well, I was happy because at that moment I was talking to Will and remembering what a great life I had had. So the lesson there is have a smile on your face because someone is watching <laughs> yeah you're you're correct i mean and you know and and i when i i think it was a couple of days before that um that when they gave you the beer because i remember reading it and uh i remember you talking about the guys in the pickup truck with three wheels and no rim at first i thought it was those guys i actually had to go back and reread it to make sure that those guys because i remember that you said those guys could sort of look like hellions they weren't the you know the fondest looking bunch to kind of stare you down. But then I'm like, wow, those guys, but obviously it was a different group of guys, right? Yeah. Different guys. And the guys, the guys with the three wheels and, and, uh, and the fourth wheel with the rim, <laughs> they'd already burned out their tire. Um, I think they'd had enough beer themselves that they didn't have any interest in the guy on the bike. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Right. Yeah, and I stopped in a, in a little town. There's a lot of towns in the south there that are all black, and uh, only black people live there. And, and I love those towns. I love to visit with the people there. And one town in Mississippi, I, I remember I was off the bike and, and having a Gatorade, and a, a mom and a little girl came up, and the little girl just rubbed the white hairs on my arm. And Aww. I and I, I thought, wow, this and she was cute as could be. And the mom said, oh, don't do that. And, and I said, it's fine. And it was pretty clear that maybe she hadn't encountered a, a blonde-haired guy, certainly not one on a bicycle close enough to <laughs> her that she could reach out and touch him. So that, wow. that's the kind of things, adventures that would happen to me every day. And you never know when you get on the bike and start off at 5 a.m., you never know what's going to happen during the day. <laughs> that may have been the best part of it was all the surprises. <laughs> yeah yeah it was a blessing and 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 for you folks out there listening once again this is bill hancock um and we were speaking about the book that he wrote riding with the blue moth and you might be thinking oh he's the lance armstrong he's this big cyclist now he was very active he mentioned the marathons but i mean when he did this trip he mentions in the book 
he was not in peak condition, and there were some hellish days at the beginning. If you read through it, I mean, a lot of days were nausea and vomiting, trying to fight, find the right antidotes to get him down. And, and this leads me to this, and I laugh because I know when I do the ultra 100-mile races, um, there's points usually about after mile 35 or 40 build that I can't get anything down. And sometimes it's the strangest concoctions that allow you to make it through. And for you, um, I don't know how long you did it, but the Vienna sauces and a couple Fritos seem to be the, <laughs> the heaven's gate for not getting sick. Again, anyone who's very, very stingent on eating healthy and being athletically gifted, when you mention those two things, they're going to gasp and say, no, 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 no. But when you're in the moment and it works, it works, you're going to take it. Fair enough? You bet. You find what works. And I'm, 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 I was a disciplined <laughs> eater. But I was so nauseous one day, and my wife said, here, try these Fritos, and here, here's a Vienna sausage. And I mean, like, immediately, <laughs> I was cured. And a doctor friend of mine said, well, you've had hyponatremia, which means a, shot, a salt deficiency. And, of course, the salt from those two foods uh, cleared it up. So I, I, I really kept yeah. going on that all, all across the country because it worked. <laughs> Terrible That's diet. That's what it exactly diet. Awful, awful, <laughs> embarrassingly horrible diet, but it worked. <laughs> and again, if it gets the results, and it, yeah, like I said, I when I read some of those things, and in terms of you just kind of trying to find a pace and getting everything acclimated, so you just don't feel like you know, you know, hell when you're making this trip and you're just trying to get everything going. But I laugh so hard when I'm like. I, I know where you're at. I know what it had to be like. And I also know that sensation of, wow, this happened. I mean, you know, I mean, having a Dr. Pepper, you're like, wow, that for some reason, Dr. Pepper or something else. And, and lo and behold, now, now, have you done anything close to that? I mean, you know, that dipping your, your tires in the honey, you know, Pacific and then reaching the Atlantic ocean to you know, dip them one more time is an astonishing feat within itself. And then you're able to write a magnificent book about it. But, uh, have you done anything even close remotely, or is there anything on the horizon? Maybe not riding your bike across the USA, but anything on the back burner? Well, I did actually later uh, ride from Mexico to Canada. I went to oh. the Rio Grande River in Texas, and I rode up to Manitoba. Uh, it's a lot shorter. The first ride, Huntington Beach to Tybee Island, that took 36 days, and the second one was only 17 days. Uh, different kind of adventure, different, different, not as much variety in the countryside that I saw. But I did have one day on the second ride where I rode 132 miles in one day. And any cyclist wow. knows that that's a chunk. Uh, to ride a century, 100 miles is, is plenty. But I must confess I had a strong south wind at my back. And, and I told somebody I just didn't even hardly have to pedal. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I've done it both ways. So uh, cross, making cross, cross country. And then uh, several years later, I broke my hip on on vacation in Italy, actually. So that ended my running career, unfortunately. And but I can still ride my bike and do, and uh, and still do do a lot of uh, what I call speed walking. So I'm I'm <laughs> I'm really healthy and and feeling good about life. Well, that's what I want to hear. And again, you know, you've always been so generous and kind and you're in such a position where you don't have to take time to, you know, come on our show and talk about football or coming on the show and, you know, talk about your book. Uh, we're almost out of time and we appreciate everything, Bill. Um, but um, 
you know, your granddaughter, Andy, I believe, I mean, you know, Will's daughter and Katie, um, what did, you know, there's so many points where you referenced to her in the book. Um, I'm sure she's old enough to read that now. Um, has she read it and has she ever given you any feedback that you kind of be like, you know, this, this was all worth it. Yeah, she's read it. Um, she knew she had a big part in it and her friends have read it. And of course, and, uh, that's a great gift to me. She's a reader. She loves reading. Uh, she's now a student at Northwestern university in Chicago. So, um, you know, raised by a single mom, but, but with great loving grandparents and just a, a wonderful young woman. And, and, and obviously a, we love her to pieces. And also she's a great friend and kind of a hero to me. So, yeah, I, I was proud when she, uh, when she first read the book, I wondered because she was little when I wrote it, she was not yet started school. And I wondered when eventually the time would come that she would want to want to read it. And uh, that was, I'm, I'm glad to know that, that she was able to ride along with us. She's not a, she's not an athlete. She's a great musician and a brilliant student, uh, but she appreciated the book. Awesome. Well, I mean, how can't you appreciate the book? It's fabulous. And, and anyone out there, you just want to be inspired and just, or if you're grieving, um, I, I would recommend, you know, you, 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 you get, pick this book up. Once again, it's by Bill Hancock, Riding with the Blue Moth. And, it's just a, it's a good story. I, I, I took in, I, I, I'm not going to lie. When I first start to read it the first time, you know, there were so many tears and I was like, ah, oh, I'm not jokingly. I'm like, I'm mad at Bill. I didn't know this happened. And I'm just thinking about this dude riding his bike across this country because he just wants to ride. And I didn't know any of the other things that went into it. And, you know, lo and behold, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I realized that reading the pages and, you know, there's still moments throughout the book where, you know, I, I you know, I just, if you don't have a human spirit, you're not going to feel, you know, some tears and, and, and just moments of joy and, and sadness, you know, and I think that was the roller coaster, the peaks and valleys of what made this book great was it's, uh, you know, the, the, the triumph of the spirit, the triumph of the soul. And I thought you deliberately eloquently. I loved it. And I hope our listeners purchase it and read it and, and they get the same uh, response out of it. But Bill, um, we appreciate you always. Um, when we get you back on, we'll talk a little college football, whatever that will be. But until that day, again, we just appreciate you sharing some of your day with us. Bo, it's always great to talk to you. I appreciate it. And we, we probably should tell the listeners that the book is available on Amazon. Just put in Bill Hancock or put in Writing with the Blue Moth. And uh, for a while, I think you could get a copy for 19 cents. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that well? I, hopefully, hopefully you get more than 19 cents. Is all I'm saying. So, uh, hopefully Amazon takes care of you. And uh, you know, we, we got to build up that retirement. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We both take care. Great to talk to you. Thanks for doing this. Thank you as well. Once again, that is Bill Hancock, um, the executive director of the College Football Playoff. An immense background in terms of college athletics. But once again, this book is fabulous. I encourage anyone, again, if you're an athlete, you love the outdoors, you're thinking about being on a road trip, this is something that you definitely want to look into. Once again, big shout-out to Bill Hancock here on the C2P. This has been a C2P exclusive. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer Solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.